Hello everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for joining us wherever you are joining us from. Uh, this is a, a place where I chat to some awesome people who've got great stories of how God has unlocked their lives and how they are now doing that through ministry or through their work in some way or form for other people. And uh, today we've got a, a really cool guest. And uh, this whole thing is brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. And at Love Key, our focus is to minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we do that through worship music, through preaching the gospel, sharing the good news of God. And uh, we, we do that normally by visiting people going out and, and doing events and uh, we're looking forward to doing that again for now we are able to do this and uh, so i think this is a great way of sharing some hope and inspiration and encouragement so please share this as you're as you're coming on please share this right now with your friends and family on uh, facebook youtube periscope wherever you're watching from uh, so that we can get as many people involved as possible and uh yeah that's that's what this is about i'm already seeing people logging on uh we've got uh aniki uh, Monica, Hendrik, Dwayne, hey guys, so good to see you. Thank you for being here today. And uh, please tell us where you're logging in from. We've had people from all over the world already. Uh, it's so cool to see that. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Thank you for logging on. Hello, hello. Hello, Dwayne. Um, so I have a really, really cool guest today. It's a, it's a man I've known for about four years now, I think. Yeah, we... Uh, we chatted back in 2016 when I just started my uh, moving into Christian music and he was one of the first pastors who I spoke to about coming to perform at his church and uh, he asked me some really good questions, questions that made me know I'm going to like this guy and, uh, and since then we've, we've done so much together and uh, he's an amazing man of God. He's got a he's the pastor of Life Church Seapoint and also the founder of Life Child, an amazing organization that um, that helps orphaned and vulnerable children here in Malawi and in Mozambique. And I've been part of their concert for change. Uh, I'd like you to to give a big round of applause to this amazing man, Anthony Liebenberg. Yay! Welcome to <laughs> Love Unlocks, brother. How you doing? <laughs> Hey, Heinz, good to be, be with you. And uh, yeah, what a great four years it's been. Eh? What a journey. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to show the people yeah. a couple of photos of you here. Uh, this, oh. is, this, is, this is you and your beautiful wife at one of the Life Child That's events. Right. Um, this is your other, other wife, your Harley. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that beautiful thing. Uh, it's, my ba it's my baby. Bro. His baby. Okay, sorry. There's the wife and the baby. Uh, <laughs> This is, uh, this is him doing his thing at Life Church and Seapoint. Uh, this is him with two really cool people, Glenn Barrett from Audacious Church in UK and Russell Peters from Planet Shakers. Uh, such Russell cool Evans. Evans, sorry, 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 my bad. Uh, I don't know why I said that. No Russell Peters, that's a comedian, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is me with you in Mozambique when we went to, uh, to Life Child Mozambique. What an amazing trip. And this is when I joined you in San Jose with uh, yeah at that amazing church, Cathedral of Faith. What a what a great great yeah. time we Kenny, had there. Kenny Kenny Foreman, Kenny, Kenny Foreman, great guy. Yeah, he took us out to a great restaurant that day. So it's just yeah, I just want to show people some some cool pics and of of what what you're up to, what we've been up to, and uh, and so, welcome so much to to this uh, program. I really appreciate you joining us yeah. from Cape Town, Seapoint, Cape Town. 
Is it raining there I as say well? You're pretty brave. Well, it's <laughs> raining, but I want to say you're pretty brave of putting a Man City photo on there. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. you know? I love that you're struggling <laughs> with it. But, you know, the greatest team on the planet, Manchester City. Oh, my Just word. think about it. The transfer window for, for spectators is, you know, and for, for people like you, you can cross over and join us. So, okay. it's a good day. It's raining, but it's up. You can join us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I I have no feelings about soccer whatsoever. uh, But, (laughs) gee, I don't even know that that's happening in the photo. Now, you pointed that out. Now I know. See, that's how sad I am in terms of soccer. Very sad. I'm a rugby boy, you know. (laughs) That's what I know. Rugby, cricket, Vicky Swim, that's it. <laughs> um, hey, guys, we've got more people logging on. We've got Mariska from Mozambique again. She was on yesterday as well. So we have someone from Mozambique. Yeah. Bon dia. Yeah, bon so dia. cool. Uh, oh, Dwayne says he's Man United. So. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll forgive him. We'll, we'll forgive him. Um, Bro, I want people to get to know you, and then we're going to go into some deeper questions of, of your faith journey. Um, so just to, you know, get the ball rolling to just, you know, get all the uncomfortability out of the way. We need to know how old are you? Oh, 57. 57. I'll be 50, 58 in September. What? Okay. There we go. Brilliant. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, um, you have been married for? 36 years this year. That's amazing. 36. Well done, yeah. bro. That's awesome. Thanks, bro. That is, that no, is they say, amazing. They say behind every successful man is an exhausted wife <laughs> and a surprised mother-in-law. A surprised mother-in-law. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love, I love hearing these stories. Um, I've been asking all the guests. So there was a moment that you met your wife. Then there was a time that went by before you popped the question. And that has, I mean, it's different for everybody. But can you tell us the, yeah. you know, quickly what what was your story of meeting your wife and how long before you got serious and asked that question? Okay, now, now check this out. I came to Christ in uh, during Easter of 1983. Okay. So then I went to Bible school in June of that same year, six months like discipleship course. And then on the graduation night, I, uh, I just met Desiree at church. I'd seen her at one or two places. And then I said to her, would you come and be my get my date for the night I say. Uh, for the graduation and then and at the great as we went to fetch her for the graduation i said to her, listen i don't want to mess around with relationships and you know I've, I've had a past life and and you you know i've i'm a new person in christ and said but you know what i really like you and if this works out i'm gonna want to marry you and wow. uh, she had a heart she had a heart attack <laughs> but 10 days later watch this 10 days later we got engaged that's amazing <laughs> That's that is definitely one of the records, man, that I've heard about. That's so cool. Ten days. Your... Ten days and ten months later, married. Wow. I, I wanna if if you are listening to this and you've got a story that is that is quicker than that, let us know. Because I think this may be a record, one for the books. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about this. I know the story, but there, something very special happened on your honeymoon, but I'm gonna ask you about that a bit later. Um, yeah, and then, then I mean, I did allude to this, but I, is it safe to say that after your after your wife and your daughter, that you know your Harley is your favorite thing in the world? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, no, no, I just enjoy life. You know, I enjoy writing and and I enjoy I enjoy hiking, as you know. I've done 
I've climbed to the summit of Kilimanjaro. I've climbed last year the base camp of Everest. That's amazing. And uh, so I enjoy, I'm out every weekend climbing up the mountains. So for me, that's probably more enjoyable than my bike, but I do enjoy riding my Harley. Yes. Yeah. And it's practical. It's be, so be practical, nice. you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean listen, What's traffic? Jesus riding what a donkey. Traffic? Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he would be riding a Harley today. Eisterpert, uh, I say. Mooi. Well, you know, you know Moses was right. Moses rode a triumph. The Bible says that Moses came in his triumph. Ah. So, <laughs> That's I, good. I don't know. That's I don't know. Good. I love it. That's a good one. So um, I, I showed that pic of you with, with uh, Glenn and Russell. And, you know, they're amazing guys, amazing men of God. They've done some really yeah. awesome work in the kingdom. Yeah. But I also, when I see you guys together, you all get this glint in your eye. And, you know, you, you can be quite, you know, naughty in a, in a good way. Uh, and you go to a lot of conferences around the world. So I, I want to know, can you think yeah. of a funny story or moment with you guys at a conference somewhere that you can share with us? Well, I'll tell you the story actually with Glenn and with, uh, with Russell. So Glenn says to us, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in Manchester. And he says, listen, uh, I've got Russell who's staying over for the night. And I wanted to take you guys to, to watch a football match. Would you like to go? And I go like, sure. I mean, Man City is my team. Yeah. And uh, what, happened, what happened was is that he said, look, I'll meet, Russell. I'll meet you guys at the hotel where Russell's staying. So I made my way from my, where I was staying and got to the hotel, met Russell in the foyer. And the next minute, Glenn phones and says, listen, I'm, st I'm stuck in traffic. I can't get to you guys. Oh, wow. Can you guys catch a taxi and get to the, get to the stadium? <laughs> so so yeah, the other two guests you know, being hosted by, by, by Glenn. And the next minute we actually, um, you know, we make our way in taxis, which takes us about an hour and a half to get, and we chat a lot about life child and talk wow. about the kingdom of God. And, so and cool. it was a divine appointment actually. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of mistake or that incident actually cemented something really powerful in my relationship with, with Russell, because I'd known him for many years back during the, the Youth Alive days. Mm. And, you know, we started Youth Ablaze in South Africa, which was modeled after the Australian youth ministry called Youth Alive. Okay. And, uh, and, and Glenn was the Youth Alive director for the UK. So, you know, out of that history of youth ministry, but I hadn't seen Russell for a long time, and now we were in this taxi, but it was through that, and that's why last year, Planet Shakers got involved with Life Child. So cool. Uh, because of that, that moment in the taxi. So what was funny and really a great time <laughs> together, but actually was was God's divine appointment. So good. Oh, I love stories like that, man. It's powerful. Uh, we, we don't have someone that's beaten your record yet, but there is a Liesl here. She says that she uh, her husband asked her to get married after 14 days, and they've been married wow. for 16 years. So that's pretty close. That is pretty close. Liesl and, and whoever your husband is, Come on. well done. That is, that is amazing. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, um, done. well done. So you are a Harley fan, but there's probably yeah. like, you know, a poster of a bike that you really want, the, like the ultimate Harley model that you dream of having. What is that? Well, uh, my bike that I've got now is, uh, is a soft tail. But I'd like to get a my last bike. I think for my for where I am in my life and my age, I'd like to get a Glide. <laughs> okay. A, a, you know, one of those one of those Glides, Harley's. Oh, wow! Beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I remember once I was way back. Um, this was a long time ago. I was still living in Joburg, and they they had this massive uh, charity event, and they they got three hundred Harley cyclists together to do uh, like. Uh, 
they drove from Joburg to Pretoria and it was in support of, I think it was uh, Jacaranda's Sisters with Blisters, you know, like an awareness campaign. Yeah. And, uh, and I was on the back of one of them. Uh, someone gave me a, a ride, you know, I was part of the thing. And when, but when 300 Harleys turn on <laughs> and start revving, oh my word, there's, that is, that's something Absolutely. else. That is something Fabulous. else. Incredible. Now, you, you obviously love uh, riding your bike. I, I get that. But do you have, do you have a dream yeah. car? I'm just curious. A car that you'd love to have. Uh, no, I'm, I'm generally just a practical person. You know, I just, I just ride something that's useful. Um, which, or it's such a boring answer. Such a boring answer. Come on, I, I, dream, I ride, dream I ride for a, a moment. <laughs> I ride a Chinese Havol. Oh, you know, people, people don't even know what Havol is. That's uh, me, bro. <laughs> I'm practical. It's a good deal. It's got good features. It's okay. Way cheaper than than yeah, uh, any of the others. That's true. So, you know, sorry, bro. I'm no, it's f- it's fine. I'll, I'll you know I'll. I'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> so you've done some amazing stuff uh, for Lifechild to raise funds and awareness. And some, you know, yes. you just mentioned you've done Kilimanjaro, you've done Basecamp Everest, you've done some other crazy stuff. What is what is the next crazy thing that you have lined up for Lifechild? So, so next year I want to climb Mirror Peak, which is six and a half thousand meters. The highest that I've climbed is just 5,900 meters, which is just short of 20,000 feet. Wow. So Mirror Peak, Mirror Peak is 6,500 meters. So that's also in the Himalayas. So if uh, anybody's interested in joining me, let me know. And uh, we're taking a team of people. It's a great experience, experience of a lifetime. Wow. Is that uh, so also Himalayas, you said? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You start off. So what happens, you fly into Kathmandu. Okay. And then from Kathmandu, you take a flight to Lukla, the world's dangerous most dangerous airport, the highest airport, and you land in Lukla, and then from there, you normally go to Base Camp Everest from there or to Summit Everest, or you go, sure. but we'll be doing this very similar route and then going up to a higher peak called uh, Mirror Peak, as opposed to Base Camp, which is 5,400 meters. <laughs> yes. All right, yeah. so fly into the most dangerous airport in the world, <laughs> climb one of the most dangerous peaks, and, uh, and it gets people to line up for that. That's That's... <laughs> That's amazing. It takes it's a certain lovely. it takes a certain kind of person. I, I have <laughs> lots of respect for people who want to do this kind of thing, but it's I don't know if it's for me, man. Yeah. It's so it's amazing. <laughs> I remember uh, chatting to you and um, and and uh, Gary before you guys went, and yo, uh, the the pre- the preparation, the training, the, the yeah. cost. Uh, it's it's amazing. But when you do yeah. it and you can say I've done it, oh man. I, 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 I am, I am uh, jealous of that part. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last sort of getting to know your question, what, what is at this stage of your life? If you had to say, this, this is my life dream for the rest of my life. This is kind of what I would like to achieve um, before I go to heaven. What, is, what would that be? <laughs> One more life. Sure. <laughs> wow. That's why it's one child at a time. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Sure, You're gonna make me cry, bro. <laughs> um, but I, I want I want people to. I mean, you can already see Anthony's heart for for what he does. Uh, but I'd like to get to the bit of the backstory and and how you got to the place where you're at doing what you do with Life Child for sure. those children. Um, so I, I remember being with you in Mozambique, walking through the streets. And um, 
and, and coming to a, like a really weird little shopping center, having coffee and, and hearing the story of, of how, you, how you got to know Christ, how your life turned around. Um, but please share that with, with our listeners today as well. Thank you. All right. So just a bit of background without boring with the details, but I think it's essential because I grew up in a home where we were without Christ. And uh, up to the age of 20, when I actually made a decision for Christ. But, uh, you know, growing up with, you know, the environment of alcohol abuse and, you know, all kinds of other things that were happening in our home. Mm. Essentially, when Christ is not present, a lot of the kingdom values and morals are not there. So, uh, I I had to live through that as a a young boy. But when I came to Christ, uh, at this stage, I, I might have been fairly successful. I mean, I was a South African middleweight karate champion at that stage. My brother was the heavyweight champion in full contact. His wife was the ladies champion. We'd just been in 82 to the world championships in Taiwan. And we were just chosen to go to Japan now for 83 for the full contact world championship. Wow. And, but, but we were searching. My brother and I, especially my, mm. my middle brother, I'm the youngest, my brother ahead of me. Uh, we, we lived, you know, we were very close together. And so we kind of shared a lot of things and and what happened was I, um, I was in Taiwan, actually, at the World Championships. And uh, t- some of the guides that were leading us through the different countries, you know, have allocated staff. And these were some university girls. And they came over, over to us and started talking to us. And the first question they asked me is, where are you from? We said, South Africa. So they knew they had the right team. Yeah. And then they asked me this next question. Are you a Christian? And I remember like, and my brother, of course, had come along because we thought these are, you know, there's some opportunities here. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, you know, like carnal boys. And, yeah. and and so as soon as she asked us, are you Christian? He, he ducked. I just backed off. I was like quite shocked. And I just said, yes, I am. You know, because in those days, everybody was a Christian yeah, in South yeah. Africa kind of Have thing, you be. know. <laughs> but, uh, but I wasn't. I had no idea what a Christian actually was. I mean, at that stage, I was studying the teachings of Buddhism. I was searching. But these two Christian girls for one week ministered Jesus to me. Wow. And uh, I came back and I remember flying back and, and, and I, I, was, I was looking up in the airplane to something, and I was just saying, God, if you're there, I want to know you. I got back, and I was in the military still finishing my two years military mm. service. And there was a guy in my unit that had just come to Christ. I hadn't known this, my, my best friend in the military. And, and I noticed he started to read his Bible. I noticed that his cursing was stopping. And, but he never like, preached at me, never got at me. But I noticed there was a huge change in his life. Yeah. And, uh, and one day I said to him, come on, man, what's going on in your world? What's happening with you? You know, you don't want to go party with me. You're not doing the nightclubs with me anymore. And, and I was also working as a bouncer at a nightclub at that stage. And, and he said to me, no, he said, and uh, I've given my life to Christ. And I'm like, what do you mean? You've given your life to Christ. So he told me a little bit of his story. And it was just soon after that, that I was due to finish my military leave. I, was, I had to take my last leave before I finished my two years. And my brother, invi- I was in Pretoria. My brother said to me, why don't you come down to Cape Town and you can work with us at the nightclub, uh, it used to be called Charlie Parker's and uh, Raffles mm. uh, in the president, old President Hotel. And he said, you can work with me and we could train in the dojo because our dojo was in Cape Town too. And, uh, and then he said to me, but by the way, mom and dad have become Christians. And this is like incredible. And I said, what? Wow. They become Christians? He said, yeah. So uh, I found out the story was that my dad and mom were lying in bed. My dad was in the Air Force and Langerman back in the West Coast. And he was lying in bed. And his brother had been praying for him for two years. He said, my dad would never go to church. Wow. Uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't go to the doors of a church. And his brother had prayed for him and given it, and then sent him an audio cassette. 
And on the cassette, the, this preacher was preaching about Jesus and the relationship with Jesus. Mm. And at the end of the cassette, he says, would you like to give, and my mom and dad were lying in bed, it was a Sunday morning, they were lying in bed, and they said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And they were both crying, and they wow. prayed the sinner's prayer sure. in their beds. And that yeah. was the start. And that had, that had just happened, and my brother says, this is what's happened to mom and dad. Mm. And I'm like, dude, I'm coming to stay with you. I'm not going to stay with him because I knew God was on my case now. He's my best friend in the army, yeah. these Chinese girls in Taiwan. Sure. I knew God was hunting me. Mm. And uh, and so I came to visit my brother and my dad and mom said, look, why don't you come stay with us? And uh, they used to come, you know, they've been saved for a few weeks now. They used to come to Cape Town, visit this church in Seapoint. What happened on the Wednesday before I saw my parents for the first time since they came to Christ, my bro brother gets invited to a church in Seapoint. And uh, he didn't know it's the same church my parents were coming through to visit on a Sunday. Because when they said, let's meet up at church on a Sunday, they described the church name and the address. And it ends up being the same place that my brother was invited to the Wednesday before. And so, we meet at That's church. That's amazing. And this is, Heinz, this is what blew me away. And this is really part of why we do what we do. I was standing outside the church, and I'm going to see my dad now after many years. My dad was a tough guy. He was a, he was a very strong, he was a provincial, he played for Ferdinand Transvaal. He was a front-ranked player. He, uh, he, he was hard as nails, he was a judo, black belt judo. And uh, he also rode a, a bike. He had a 1100 uh, Yamaha. My mom had a 1,000cc Suzuki. Uh, they both <laughs> carried guns. Wow. I mean, they were, they were Wild West people. Yeah, and sure. so I meet my dad outside the church, and I see my dad, and, and I walk up to him. And I had never heard my dad say these words. I walked up to him and he said, my boy, I've been wanting to tell you for years, I love you. Sure. That just broke my heart. Wow. I just knew then, there must be a God. Yes. There has to be a God. Sure. Look at this. And I walked in there, by now I was wide open to mm. what God wants to do in my life. And that night I came to Christ. A week later, my brother and his wife, uh, my brother came to Christ. Another week later, his wife came to Christ. My other brother who was backslidden, and my sister. And within six weeks, my whole family experienced the redemptive work of Calvary. Wow. Such a beautiful change. Sure. And, uh, you, you know, and the amazing thing is my, my dad ended up pastoring churches for many years. He's retired now. My other brother pastored a church in the UK. My other brother pastored a church in Pretoria. Michael, I think you've met my brother, Michael. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and, the, and the beautiful thing is, is is that from that moment on, I understood something which I'd never understood before, the Father heart of God, sure. which leads me to the point. So very soon I met Desiree, we go on honeymoon to Plettenberg Bay, and we just get to Plett, and Des says, let's walk around town, and we find this Christian bookstore. Now, we go into the Christian bookstore, and there's this lovely lady at the bookstore, this elderly lady, and she's like full of energy, and she says, oh, what do you guys do? So we're on honeymoon, and she says, don't you want to join our cell group uh, tonight and and we're like we on honeymoon people yeah, <laughs> this is like a big moment you know that's so uh, we say yeah okay we'll we'll go we'll go that's nice but of I'm, you i'm so grateful <laughs> i'm so grateful we went because you know what happened do you know what happened i'll tell you what happened after this commercial <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> we, wait we wait let me queue group. up the commercial i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> we go we go to the cell group and uh and you know, it's a normal cell group, lovely fellowship. But then there's a lady visiting there, and she has a prophetic word for us. Wow. And she prophesies 
our future exactly like it's happened. What? And, and in short, the one thing she said is that you're going to be working with young people and God's going to use you to raise up a generation of people and generations to come. And she, and she starts speaking, especially around the emerging generation of young, of youth. And uh, so we leave there like blown away and we then finish our, our weeks. I even there. We've got another week. We go to Carmel Guest Farm. We get there and there's a guy called George Young who ran a center called Teen Center for, for orphans, for boys. And he's got one of the new boys he's, he's picked up that will be joining the center and he's staying there. And we get to know him and meet this, and hear the story of this young boy. And, uh, and he tells us the story about orphans and vulnerable children. Mm. And I feel, and Desiree and I both felt God say, we've got to do something about this. And so we offer our help to them. You know, it took me three times in over a month to convince him that we were serious because he said, you know what, Christians are always saying they want to get involved. Christians are always saying they want to do sure. something, but they never do. Sure. And we said, no, we mean it. We're going to do it. And uh, I got back to Cape Town. I saw him twice in the, in the street. And we can say by accident, but we know it's divine providence. Yeah. And uh, I said, we want to work with you. And that started the journey of working with orphan children, especially with uh, foster care. And then within a few weeks of being home, we found out that there was a young boy that was running around the streets. His mother was dying of cancer and needed urgent care. Mm. And so Desiree and I decided to get involved. And so we fostered him for almost a year and helped the mother be restored. God miraculously healed her. And we were able to restore him back to his mother. And that's when God birthed something so deep in us for young people and for orphans and vulnerable children. Wow. And that's over, over 35 years ago. Sure. That's amazing. So it all kind of happened fairly quickly after each other, coming to yeah. Christ, meeting your wife, proposing after 10 getting married after 10 days. Uh, that's no, engaged. Engaged, engaged after 10 days. Sorry, sorry. How long were you <laughs> engaged months for? Ten married. Ten months. Ten okay. months. So 10 days, 10 months. 10 is quite a big number for you. Um, that, that's amazing. That story gets me every time. Um, I've heard you tell it a few times at the Concert for Change and, and moments where you get to share the story. And yeah, just every time... It, it really touches me. Um, what, so what, from that experience, what has, what has LifeChild become and, and what, what is the focus for, for you guys? If people that have no idea, just you know, try to, uh, I want them to really sure. understand what the heart is behind it and the focus that you have. That's a good question, Heinz. You know, people often ask me, why, why, why often vulnerable children? And mm. I say, you've got to understand that we're actually a church, Life Church. It's, you know, it's a church for the people of the community. It brings restoration. It brings rest, restorative change. It brings hope. And it's not it's not a respect of persons. It's not even, mm. uh, it doesn't discriminate with class. So everybody has an opportunity to experience the life of Christ at Life Church, right? As any other church is. But all these years, we've been highly involved in community transformation. Mm. We've been involved in the prisons, in the schools, in the police stations, university. We, we're involved wherever the need is. Uh, the church is there as a transforming arm. But we also noticed, Heinz, that as we started planting churches, you know, we've been working for 20 years in Mozambique. We've been working for over 10 years in Malawi. We've been oh, two years in Zimbabwe. We work in Pretoria for several years. And in Cape Town, we don't just work in Seapoint. We also have a church and, and life child's expression work in Samora, Kosovo, and in, in the leagues, which is all part of Philippi. And, uh, and so... So Life Child is, is, is an entity of Life Church, and mm. Life Church has many ministries yeah. and, and expressions of, of, of community transformation. But we did notice, Heinz, that there was a huge need 
And I actually had a dream. Let me tell you quickly what happened. Yeah. At four o'clock in the morning, I had a dream one night. I know it was a time because I woke up and looked at my clock. And in this dream, I saw this this cliff. And I looked down the cliff. I was actually standing almost on the cliff at one stage. Looked down and I saw that on this beach, there were these adults. And they were all lying crumpled up. Some were, were not alive and some were, were, were obviously in need of medical care, had fallen off this cliff. Mm. And there was an ambulance drives onto the beach and starts picking up all these adults that were broken. And God said to me, that's the church. The church is, it, it's, it, needs, it needs to meet the, need of the bro- needs of the broken, wow. the hurting. Wow. And it, it bring, it's restorative. Yeah. So the church has a restorative responsibility. Sure. But, then God, I forgot, but then I was on the bottom of the beach and God said, look up. And I looked up and I saw on the cliff, there was all these children walking around on the cliff. Mm. But then I saw suddenly a fence being built, like by itself almost. Like, tick, 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 tick. And this fence comes around and these kids then hold on to the fence. And I felt God say to me, you see, Anthony, down the bottom, the church is restorative. It's already, those adults, you know, their lives have already been lived. They've already experienced. They've fallen. They're broken. But I said, those children, they haven't fallen yet. They're not old yet. They haven't lived the life yet. They're, so, in other words, we can still be preventative rather than just curative. In yeah. other words, fixing the broken. So good. We can prevent those children from being broken one day yeah. through fatherlessness, through drug abuse, sexual abuse, through uh, lack and through injustice. But rather, we can be the justice arm of Jesus. And so we can build bridges, we can build uh, walls and fences, and we could help this future generation from ex- rather than experiencing what adults experience, but having the opportunity of a different life. That's so good. And I, I was actually going to ask you, because I know this is part of your, your heart and your focus, what should the church be? But you just answered it so well. And I can just you know, tell people from my own experience, I've, I've gone to Mozambique with, with Anthony, where they've been working with orphan and vulnerable children for 20 years, but they went in as a church. And part of the expression of being a church is the social justice arm of helping these orphaned and vulnerable children. And that was a, it's a worn, torn country. There were, there were many children that were vulnerable. And the, the fact that they focus on, you know, I can make a difference to this one, so I will. And then the next one, and then the next one. And it's, it's so beautiful to see. And I could see the fruit of their labor 20 years later because some of the first children that they rescued and helped are now pastors, leaders, people that are lifting up others of their own people in their own nation. And, and I think that is so powerful and so beautiful. And for me, that was a great picture of what the church should be uh, and can be all over the world. Uh, absolutely. In fact, so out of the original 20 that we started with, because what happened is a, a young lady from Cape Town, actually an Australian gemologist working in Cape Town, really felt the call of God to go and do some work in Mozambique. And she goes off to Mozambique uh, and we support her, we encourage her, we work with her. And she works with 20 young leaders, young people that she's uh, in, in high school and starts working with uh, life skills programs with them and starts to disciple them, shares Jesus with them, their lives get changed. And to this day, 19 out of the 20 are still with us. Sure. This is 20 years later. <laughs> and the, 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 the 20th guy was unfortunately at the age of 21, he passed away from cerebral malaria. Wow. Uh, he, he, and uh, the week that he died, his second baby was born. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was an amazing guy. And he was one of our pastors 
at Murambala and just doing such a great thing. So, but the other 19 went on to university and the guy that ended up marrying Anne-Marie, uh, Osvaldo George, yeah. he was the co, um, <laughs> you know, he's the co-worker with Anne-Marie and they labored together and they got married eventually. She married a Mozambican yeah. and he married an Australian <laughs> and uh, they got a beautiful, Beautiful daughter, Esther, to this day. He then went to university, got his law degree, practices his law, runs uh, runs all these churches. Today, we've got churches in, uh, so we got all over Kilimani, the city of Kilimani. We're in Maputo. We're on the university campuses in the city. We're in Murambala, Makuba, Chai Chai. We're in Tet. We're in uh, uh, Shamoyo. Uh, we're up, up there in Kemba. And we have over 600 cell groups now in Mozambique. And this, these young leaders... So even our biggest church plant is a guy called, uh, I mean, he's amazing, uh, uh, Nelson. He's, he's, a, he's actually a medical doctor. He, so he went to university, planted a church in Maputo uh, from Kilimani, and, and then went to Murambal, out to Shamoya, planted a church there to work in the hospital. Now he's in the hospital near the north of Pemba, and he's planted a new church there. So, I mean, they, so they are self-sustainable. They're keeping themselves going. They're providing engineering support, education support, lawyers, legal support, and, of course, uh, Nelson is a is a me- medical doctor. I mean, that's an amazing story. Wow, I love that, and and I've seen it. You know, I've seen it in action. I've seen what uh, what those uh, what they're doing and how they're being a difference in such difficult circumstances. But there's so much joy. Yeah. There's so much peace. There's so much. And you you talk to Anne Marie and Osvaldo. Their house. I mean, it's like a train station. <laughs> there's always someone Touch staying you. there. So, and they, you know, you can see it's, it's taxing, but they wake up yeah. every day with a smile on their face, with joy in their hearts, and they're like, we're on a mission. We're going to change the world. And yeah, it's so, it's so incredible. I visited the school. I visited the villages. And, and it's, it's incredible to see that, you know, those lives are being changed. And it's so, so good. Um, can you please share with us how, how can people get involved and, and be a part of what sure. you guys are doing? Yeah, and I think I just want to preface this with, with, this, with this comment. If you do what you love, you'll always love what you do. Yeah, so, so For me, that is essential. Our people, and we, we do what we love and we love what we do. It's just a natural extension. So I reckon if you see and you come and walk with us and you get involved with us and if you check us out on, on our website at www.lifechild.org.za, I'll say that again, www.lifechild.org.za. And you can actually get some, check the videos out, hear the stories, meet some of the children, uh, meet some of the leaders. And uh, and come on and come on a journey with us. If you're yeah. in Cape Town, you can come visit our work here in Philippi. If you are in Mo- want to come with us to Mozambique, we will help you get there. Malawi, Zimbabwe now in Harare. So exciting, and and we you know there's so much opportunity for the kingdom. So one of the ways you could do it, you can sponsor a child. One of the ways you can do it is you can become a life child champion. Like you know those who went with us to Everest and to Kilimanjaro. Maybe you can host a a dinner party with some people and show them the life child videos and talk about life child. You know, you can be an ambassador for us and we call it a life child champion. Or uh, you could sponsor maybe a classroom or a house to be built. Or We've got medical clinics and, you know, there's so many ways to engage. Uh, the key thing is, is always prayer, Heinz. We can never get enough prayer for the work that we do. Awesome. But uh, opportunity for involvement, loads. So go to www.lifechild.org. So good. I, I had it there on the screen as you were talking. So, and it's also in the description here today. 
<laughs> there you go. Such good, such good people doing such amazing work. Uh, please support them. Um, oh, beautiful. <laughs> let me, okay, let me, this way. There we let go. me do that. Let's do it. There you go. It's a beautiful That's child. It. That's from the village in Mozambique, right? It looks like there. Yeah. Beautiful picture. That's Mozambique. Love it. <laughs> they, what they're also doing um, is that they're teaching the kids how to do agriculture, how to be farmers. So they can uh, yep. have their own piece of land and, and raise crops and earn an income, but also feed their families and feed the people around them. So it's very practical what they're doing. It's, it's really incredible. They've got, they've got moringa trees there that they're farming and uh, that's got amazing healing properties. And the, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really uh, incredible what, what is happening there. And I think we can all learn as the Church of Christ, we can all take you know, some notes from this. And can, I want to ask you, and if you can expand on just sure. what you think the church, what, what is church supposed to be and what is it supposed to look like? And how can, how can we do better as the, as the National Church of Christ in South Africa? All right. So, you know, we've got so much happening at the moment where... Yeah. You know, there's all, the, there's all these issues, you know, there's the Black Lives Matter issues, there's farm murders, there's uh, sexual abuse of children, there's uh, addictions, abuse, alcohol, yeah. drugs, uh, you know, there, there are so many injustices. Mm. So, so, I think the key thing is, it's, for us, it's about an incarnate life, living an incarnate life. In other words, Jesus said this, it was interesting, he said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. Mm. And he says, if you don't believe me, at least believe by the works in which I, which I do. So, so Jesus was saying that everything sure. about you says something. So, you know, without even having to say you're a Christian, everything about you should say, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. Why? Because everything that emanates out of my life tells a Jesus story. And, the, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just saying it's absolutely like that. If Jesus could say, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Uh, if you don't believe me, at least believe by the works that I do. In other words, we, we, we can't just have faith and not have works. Mm. We're not saved by works. I'm not saying that. You know that. I'm yeah. just saying that is that if we, if we love him, we will follow him. And if, if we follow him, we will become like him. And we will do the things that he does. So, so good. you know, when he says that we, we're his hands and we're his feet and, uh, you know, we his mouth. Uh, so then actually, it's just living an incarnate life. In other words, it's just being a reflector of Jesus, showing people what Jesus is like. And, uh, and I think that's been the key. You know, my greatest, I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher. So I do, pre I do believe we must preach the gospel. Mm. I do believe that we must, we must tell. Even what we're doing now, we are telling people about Jesus. Yeah. We, we are telling stories and, and sharing our lives. And we're saying that, you know, it's actually about Jesus. And and if you give Jesus an opportunity, he'll come and change your world, change your life. So programs don't change lives. Yeah. It influences people's lives and it makes them think and it makes them ask questions. But it's Jesus that changes lives. Amen. And, he, and you know, only the Holy Spirit can draw people to him. So all we can do is just, as my friend Mel Fletcher said years ago, our job is to make Jesus famous. It's just make Jesus famous. So good. And I promise you, make him, make him attractive. And before you know it, people want to fall in love with him. Yes. You know, they, 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 go to, they go to arrest Jesus. They come back without Jesus. They go like, we've just never heard anybody speak like this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's like freaking amazing. Yeah, How can yeah. I arrest him? Yes. You know? 
exactly <laughs> so good that's so beautiful you know if it, and if we if we have him inhabiting us as he says when you're truly yeah. a, a born again believer that you've you know given your life to him and the holy spirit lives inside of you then that should be the fruit of our lives and and i think that's that it. is that's the challenging you know it's easy to point fingers it's easy to blame others but i think the the big thing for us is to to really go okay how can i be like jesus to my wife my kids my community my workplace because if if enough of us who are believers just start living from that place of humility and choosing to love and that love is serving you it has to change something because i you know according to our statistics we are 84 odd percent christians in this nation but it doesn't look that way so something is missing and uh yeah so and, and i think this is this these kinds of conversations need to happen more often and because i think you said it so well and, and i spoke to um Neville D on Monday and a pastor from America yesterday. And, and we also talked about this thing. It's, it's actually not a skin color issue or a class issue. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a human value and injustice issue. Mm. Do we actually see people for the God-created beings that they are and that God placed value on their lives? Or do we see, the, see people from our cultural perspectives you know what lens are we wearing when we look at our neighbors so and 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 i think that's what that's what drastically needs to change and i was listening to a great conversation with, um on on sunday from stephen furtick and john gray and john gray said something that's really uh, hit home for me he said you if you really want to you know be part of the solution you need to just acknowledge and listen to people's pain and what they've really experienced and gone through um, because you can never understand completely, but you can at least listen. And um, mm. what, I, what I liked about what Jamie said yesterday, he said, are you, are, you, are you speaking to be understood or are you listening to understand? And I think that's yeah. a, big, a big thing as well. And that's, that's loving well. That's, that's where we need to get yeah. as, as a church. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that. But well, let's, I, well, no, I'm gonna, no, seriously, I'm gonna agree, sorry, I'm gonna agree with you. So Jesus says, so the disciples wanna nail him, right? They wanna nail him all the time. Not disciples, sorry, the, the religious leaders, <laughs> the, Sadducee, <laughs> the Sadducees, the Pharisees, you know, they, they, wanna, they wanna just get into Jesus and, mm. and nail him all the time, the religious people. So then Jesus, you know, he says, he ultimately gets to the point, he says, you know, there's only two great commandments, because it's all about the commandments, commandments. And he said, there's only two great commandments. And he says, yes. the first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mm. with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Think about that. If you love something, you will always strengthen what you love. Sure. So the reality is, if I love God, I'm going to strengthen that relationship. Yeah. If I really love him, I'm not going to want to offend him. I'm not going to want to hurt him because love is patient, love is kind, love is sacrificial. Love is, you know. If you really love somebody you don't do an injustice to that person. Sure. So, so if I love God, I'm not going to do an injustice to God. I'm not going to be false with God. I'm not going to lie to Him. I'm not going to cheat on Him. It's the same thing, the second greatest commandment. Watch this. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the truth. If I love myself, I'm not going to do an injustice to myself. Yeah. I'm going to feed my, this body. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to respect it. In the same way with neighbor. If I really love people, I'm going to strengthen what I love. 
I'm going to so find good. ways to do it right. I'm going to find ways to honor, to bring justice, to be merciful, to be kind. All of that, all mm. of that is right mm. there because that's what you want to bring to the table to strengthen what you love. Sure. So for me, it's a, it's a love issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Because hatred is the opposite. Bitterness is the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it all comes out of guilt and shame, prejudice, all of that has got to do with the fruit of, of the flesh. Yes. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, so it goes on. Yeah. And then Paul goes, he goes like, you know what, the Corinthians 13 of love, he says, love is, love is. But he says, you know what, you need, I'll tell you when you need to park your boat, when you need to park your Harley. <laughs> it says faith, Hope and love. Yes. But the greatest is love. love yes. If you're going to park your boat or, or your car anywhere, park your life, park your life around love. Yes. Because you will, strength, you will strengthen what you love. That's so true. But I, I think here is part of the problem from my experience. And this is also why I call the ministry Love Key. And this is Love Unlocks. Because I think we, in general, I'm speaking in general. And, but this is in the, in the church and this is in the world, have a, actually have a misconception of what love truly is. Because, you know, we say we should love God and love our neighbors. And people go, yeah, I love God. I love, you know, I love people. But what does that look like? And so I think there's, a, there's almost like a disconnect from God's definition of love and our definition of love. Um, can you define maybe in, from your perspective what, what you think love is and what it looks like practically for, for each one of us? Okay, so, so we know that love is a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So I've got to get back to a relationship with God, God. If I have a spiritual relationship with God and then I strengthen that relationship by, by feeding the right things into my heart, into my mind. You know, when Paul talks about being transformed by the ring of your mind in Romans 12, because as you are being transformed in your mind, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. Mm. So if you want your doing or being, uh, the stuff that defines you in life, to be, to, be a, to be like what Christ is, because the truth is this, if you love God, you'll love what God loves. Right? Sure. You know that. So if you, if you love God, you'll love what He loves. Sure. So what does God love? God loves people. God, God, God is, you know, he's, he's the God of grace and mercy, but also God of justice, right? He's mm. love and justice. Mm. So the two sides of that. So we, we've got to be a people of justice. We've got to be a people of love. But it's not, like a, it's not a program. It's, it's transformational. Yeah. It's as I'm being transformed into his image more and more by the, because of what I'm feeding in my relationship, renewing through the word of God, renewed through prayer, renewed through intimacy, renewed by the Spirit of God. If you go, oh, we haven't got time, if you go and read Ephesians chapter 3, it talks about, Paul says, I want you to catch something. There's something, in this, it talks about the love of God in you, deep inside of you. If you read the, the people's translation, the, uh, the new people's translation, I think NPT, I think, and it's powerful. Mm. And then he says at the end of that, listen, he says this in verse 20, 20 he says, God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever think dream or imagine wow. according to his spirit that is at work within you but the preceding verses talks about love yeah and understanding the depth of that love the sure. meaning of that love so because when that when you catch that on the inside of you as a deep-rooted transforming power which is through the power of the spirit i tell you what your actions are different yeah you, you you can't do the same things that you've always done you've got to see things differently yeah 
And you, you, the way, and the way you see things is what you will approach it. Is how you'll approach it. That's so good. Uh, I, I totally agree, and I, it reminds me of the scripture that I struggled with at one point, where Jesus says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." And there was a time as a performance-driven Christian where I thought that if I disobey, I'm not loving him. And what he was, yeah. but I've learned that what it actually means is what you said now. If you really love you will align your actions with that love. If, if I love God, I will love what He loves, and He loves people. He loves justice. He loves righteousness, holiness. And, and then you line, it's like being married to someone that you really love. You, you start laying down more and more of the stuff that you want, and, start, and, and you, you, you do what, that, what your partner appreciates, and what your partner loves, and what your yeah. partner desires. And it's the same thing because it's an intimate relationship. I think we, a lot of people miss out on the, the beauty of the intimacy of knowing Jesus. And that is the, yeah. that is the difference but that, that, I, that I think we, we need to really get to com communicate to people. I remember this one day, I was, it was such an interesting interaction. I was at the airport when we could still fly and I went... <laughs> I, was, I, I got into a, a, an elevator and there was, this, there was this older lady in a wheelchair, but she was, you know, you could see she's really, um, she's wealthy, she looks very elegant uh, and very friendly face, like open, beautiful, friendly face. So she looks up at me and she recognizes me and she says, I just want to thank you for standing up for what you believe in and telling people about Jesus. And I said, yeah, thank you, but you know, I don't know how else to do it. And then she said, well, not everyone who says they're a Christian does it. And then without yeah. even thinking, almost like it felt like the Holy Spirit put this, these words in my mouth. I said, well, they haven't actually met him. And, and then it, when I said that, I was like, oh my word, that, that is a big extent the key. Have you really met him? Have you yeah. really had that encounter yeah. with him? Because if you have an encounter with him, I'm convinced that your life has to change and it will align with his purposes for your life. And then we can get to that place that Paul says you can reign in life. And I'm, I'm, that's part of what you just said. The things that, that can happen is immeasurably beyond what we can even imagine. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not about making us rich and famous. And it's about shifting the atmosphere in this world yeah. to, to, to bring, you know, we bring heaven to earth. So that's, oh, I yeah. love that. So good. You know, one of the hardest verses of Scripture, which we kind of avoid, is that one in, the, in Revelation 3 where it talks about lukewarmness. You know, yeah. if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of the mouth. Sure. And, but the thing that he says there, which he says, I have this against you. He said, you know, you're amazing. You do a lot of good stuff, but you've lost your first love. Yes. And I, I just have a sense God's going to get us right back. That's why I love, I love what you call yourself. You know, I love, I love this ministry. Uh, that's why I support it, and that's why I'm on your board, and that's why I want to do everything I can to help you. Thank you, no, brother. No, because th that's the message. It's the, it's the, it's it's love. It is absolutely uh, what it's about. And and I want to just encourage you with. Uh, let's go back to Ephesians three verse seventeen. And I was just looking at it here, and I thought, let me let me just share it with you. It says, mm. by constantly using your faith, the the constant use of your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. Yeah. So it's all packaged in that. 
Beautiful. And then out of that verse 20, God, God is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. Yeah, sure. I love it. And it's actually something I find a lot with the promises. We sometimes only quote the promises of God, which, you know, mm. they're true and they're there. But there's a lot of times if you read a verse above or a few before, there's, there's, a, there's yeah. a big if. You know, if this, if yeah. that, you know, and, and, <laughs> and then. Uh, and I know a lot of yeah. people don't like talking yeah. about that. <laughs> they just think, you know, it's there and it's available. <laughs> But there's, there's a choice that has to be made, and it has to be made yeah. daily to follow, to submit, mm. to surrender, and to love back. Love is, love is not a feeling as much as, as it is a choice. And you know, if you've been married for That's more right. than five years, you'll know this. The feeling comes when you make that's it. the choice that's that's just how it is um, i mean my wife and i are yeah. devastated we just heard again about a a couple who seems to be splitting up because the husband just said i don't love you anymore mm. you know it just it breaks it breaks your heart and it, it just goes how does that happen because it can't happen overnight and you know i no. think some people feel like that about their relationship with god like you know i had this great moment with god there was a wonderful honeymoon phase where I felt like I want to lead everyone to Christ and I'm doing so well. But then, you know, life got real and, um, you know, someone died or I, I thought God was like this or I prayed for healing and it didn't happen or, or whatever it may be. And people get, you know, they get knocked by life. And then the feeling of in loveness may mm. dissipate. And then the, the choice to love and to keep on trusting is very difficult to, yeah. to, to make. Yeah. And, and I've, I've seen what, the power of just thanking God, praising God in the middle of those things and what He does when we yeah. do that. It's so powerful. Mm. And I mean, you guys have seen the worst of humanity. You've seen the, the mm. results of the worst of humanity. And to pick up those, those little lives that didn't choose to be there, didn't know what was really happening, didn't know there was a, a better mm. life. I, I just want mm. to honor you for that. And I, and I think that, Thanks, man. you know, it, it's, it's so powerful to, to be, you know, to, to change just one more life. And, uh, and that's, that's, mm. that's really my heartbeat as well, is to, to line up with, with people like you and see how, how can we change one more life? You know, if, even if one person yeah, is, is online today and goes, wow, yeah. I, I needed yeah. to hear that. That for me is awesome. But obviously, yeah. I'd love it to be thousands <laughs> so we can touch more lives. But... Sure, bro. Thank you so much. I, I would love for you to end yeah. off with, with a, a final thought of this is, this is what I would like South Africa to do in this time we're in. And then to just pray for everyone listening, please. I would really appreciate that. All right. I'd just like to, as part of, as part of concluding, I want to just say the secret, the absolute secret for a great marriage is this. I'm not in love I'm not married because I'm in love. I'm in love because I'm married. Mm. Let me say that again. I'm not married because I'm in love. I'm in love because I'm married. So good. And it's the same thing with the kingdom of God. All wow. the things that God's called us to do, I do it because of choice. And mm. because I choose to love, I choose to exercise faith, I choose to follow, I choose to devote. You know, it's the first words to describe the early church, the first words in the book of Acts says, the three words, they devoted themselves yeah jesus said follow me and then i'll make you and this country if we will see through the eyes of christ we will see what he sees yes and then we will love what he loves and we will do what he does the key thing is 
Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So good. So good. I'll give you I'll give you a moment to get your phone back on. <laughs> that's that's you made such a good point. Your phone could not handle that. That was great, bro. Thank you. <laughs> are you are you back on? Are you back on? I'm right. back on. Right. <laughs> wow, thank you for that, brother. I really appreciate it. It's such a good and that's I think that can even be the message for us is to is to choose to love because that's that's who we are actually made to be. Um thank mm. you. And I think if you could pray for for us today, and and even you know maybe there are people that realize, sure, I've maybe I've lo- I've fallen a bit out of love with God or whatever they might be experiencing, mm. and just make an invitation for the people to come back to God or give their lives to Christ. And um, I would sure. like to make that opportunity possible each time, and uh, and then I'll end off uh, with a prayer after you. Yeah, well, let's pray together, Father. I just pray that. Everybody that is watching and listening now, Lord, it's by divine appointment. Lord, you, you're here to meet with everyone. Yes, you're here Jesus. to meet with us personally where we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've come from, whatever we've been. Mm. Jesus, you come to us where we are to take us to where we should be. Your word says in Revelation 3 verse 20 that you stand at the heart of any man at the door of their heart and you knock. And you said, if anyone hears my voice and opens up, you said, I will come in. And I'll dine with him and he with me. Mm. Lord, that is your intention. That is your heart. Not to criticize, not to judge, but to redeem, to love. And love redeems, Lord. Love oh, restores. Yes, Lord, love heals. And now, right now, Lord, you're knocking at everyone's door, everybody's heart. Mm. And I pray, God, as they open up their lives and open up their hearts, Jesus, that you will come in and refresh and renew and restore yes, what the Jesus. locust has eaten. Yes, Lord, Jesus. where there's brokenness and the walls have been broken down, mm. you're the restorer of any broken ward. Yes. Heal marriages, I Thank pray. You, Heal that broken heart, Lord. Where there has been injustice, God, Father, you bring justice. Yes, Jesus. Lord, where there's, where, there's, where there's been... Lord, where people have been stolen from, God, I thank you that you restore what the locust has eaten. Lord, I thank you that you're a God of restoration, a God of love. And so, Lord, we commit to you. Thank you for love, Key, Lord. Would you bless this ministry? Would would everybody come around, Heinz and and, and, and the family, and support them, Lord, and help this ministry to reach nations, God, to reach the world, Lord, Lord. multitudes and multitudes of people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I also just want to pray. For, yeah. for each person listening, that you, will, that you will protect them, cover them, bless them. Lord, we know from your word that we can ask for your angels to come around us and protect us, minister to us. We, we know that we can be covered by your blood and, and we have uh, access to the armor of God. And I just pray that for every mm-hmm. child, every marriage, every family out there, that you will cover mm-hmm. them, Lord, with, with these things that you've made available for mm-hmm. us. And Lord, I also want to pray for Anthony for his wife, for his marriage, for his, his, his child and, and his many children, um, that you will bless them. I thank you for Life Church and their extended family. I thank you for Life Child. What an amazing uh, project and, and cause that they have. We pray your blessing upon each and every one of the people involved mm. and each and every ministry that's running. Thank you, Lord, that they understand what church is and how church should be changing communities 
And we Ooh. thank you for that. And we pray that that message will keep going. Thank you for each one discipling someone, for each meeting where people are, have an opportunity to come to you, to, to, mm. to get to know you, but also each opportunity where a child's being fed, where a child's being educated. Thank you for that, Lord. And thank you for each teacher. Bless them, strengthen them, guide them. And Lord, I pray for supernatural mm. financial mm. support to, cut, to pour in from mm. the, the north, the south, the east, and the west. I thank you for every mm. meeting that Anthony has with, with people that can invest in, into this ministry, that, that mm. they will have open hearts, and open mm. wallets, and that the right people at the right time will come on board and, and help and support. Thank mm. you, Jesus, that they can help more one childs at a time, more one children mm. at a time. I don't know mm. how to say that right, but <laughs> uh, mm. that their heart to reach Jesus. more, more individual mm. children, that that will happen. Mm. And Lord, I also pray that, that mm. in a generation from now, we will have less orphaned and vulnerable children because mm. we are raising up families mm. that love God, husbands that love mm. God, wives that love God. And we mm. are coming against the spirit of fatherlessness. Mm. And we want to raise mm. fathers and mothers that love you and love their families mm. well. I thank you, Lord, for a shift in the atmosphere, for a shift mm. in thinking about, in, in that sense in our nation and in this continent. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate your heart. I just want to thank you and honor you for who you are and, yeah. and the passion with Thanks, which Lance. you do what you do. It's really yeah. inspirational and encouraging. Thank you so much. And, yeah. and, uh, and God bless you, my brother. I'll chat to you, you too, soon. Man. I'm just going to say goodbye bless to the you. people. Uh, I'll chat to you just now. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for coming online and being part of this conversation. We really appreciate you. And we ask that you will just keep on sharing this with people, that you will uh, come on tomorrow as well. Tomorrow we are very privileged to chat to Uncle Angus Bucken. And the time's a little different. We're going to be on at 11 a.m. So please join us tomorrow at 11 on my Facebook page and YouTube and Periscope for a, a great chat with uh, one of the fathers of our nation, Uncle Angus Bucken. And Friday, um, I'm talking to another amazing man of God from here in my own town, uh, Dr. Alan Bagg from the Bay Family Church. So come and join us for that as well. That'll be at one on Friday. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all the people commenting and, and, and being on board with us. We really appreciate you guys. And uh, go out there and love well and know that God is always in the business of unlocking our lives through His love. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.